What a joy it is to be led into worship by a sweet nine-year-old girl. What boldness, what a gift it is to have um, this church family. We're so thankful to be able to worship together this morning with you. Um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you before, uh, my name is Ryan. I'm one of the elders and pastors here at City Church. Um, we're so thankful for each week that we get to be together, and um, I uh, will just go ahead and let you know, it, it is our habit here at City Church, we work our way through books of the Bible, but we are in a study in the book of Hebrews, and um, I have Hebrews, uh, the end of chapter 5 through the first few verses of chapter 6, written um, to deliver, uh, but I'm not going to get there today. Uh, I learned that in the first service, and so um, so one of the, the blessings of coming to the second service is, is that everything that I do wrong gets out of the way, and, and so you're just, you're the recipients of God's kindness and grace that uh, you don't have to deal with all of that mess up, um, and it really wasn't a mess up, it was just as the Lord led, but the text that we just read, that Piper read for us uh, from 1 Corinthians, Paul writing to the church in Corinth, and one of the challenges in that church was there was divisions amongst the church, and the divisions were rooted in somewhat the leadership or the people who had kind of discipled uh, these people. And so you hear of Apollos, and then you hear about Paul, and you hear of these, these men's name, and there were others that were probably unlisted that some groups and factions said, hey, this is the guy that's discipled me, this is the guy that's taken care of or sort of, sort of led me to Christ, and it, they divided over that. And nothing could be more um, antithetical to the gospel and to the work of God in building up the kingdom and building up what he described there was this building of God than recognizing that it's not the builders who are important, but it's the builder himself, God Almighty, the one who gives the growth. And so what is then Apollos? What is Paul? This is Paul writing, by the way, about himself saying, who am I? And as I read this text, and it will connect well, you'll see this in a couple weeks, how that connects to uh, the end of Hebrews chapter 5. But it is in the Lord's providence that we would read that this morning because as I think about the story of this church and so many things that God has done in the life of our church over the last eight and a half years, uh, this is a perfect descriptor and picture of God at work in our midst. Um, you just saw Jessica, who leads our kids' ministry, and she brought Piper up, and um, you see these students wearing these mission trip shirts, um, others that were in the early service um, here, and you're going to get to hear a little bit about their experience on um, the, uh, the mission trip. Um, you're going to get to hear a little bit about what we have coming here at Kids Summer Bash, and then student camp, and all the other things, many other things that are happening this summer. And as I Look at this text and consider that I go back to the early days where God was working on my heart and beginning, in a sense, planting a seed of what this church would be 9, 10, 11 years ago in our family's life as we were praying, moving, praying about moving, moving here to this community, praying about planting a church and asking the Lord to help us in that. And now I look out. And I see all that God has done, not anything at all connected to me personally, but by raising up people who would be faithful to the calling in their own lives, in their own ministries, in their own ways. And it is amazing to see. And so from my perspective, as I heard that verse read by a little nine-year-old girl, my heart just is led to worship and magnify the Lord because 
we couldn't have even imagined what God would do a decade ago. But he has done it. And we see him at work in so many various ways. We're about to have this kid's summer bash. I know it's a funny name. And, I, you know, I don't come up with these things, by the way. That's all. We have a fun, creative team um, that is uh, not me. And, uh, and so they do all these awesome things and come up with. But we're going to have hundreds of kids here hearing about the love of Christ. Just last week, or two weeks ago, excuse me, uh, many of those kids, if not some, there's some overlap, but there were many others that weren't, uh, aren't going to be a part of this next week. They were here because of Pine Cove City, hearing about the love of Christ, hearing the gospel, and perhaps receiving the gospel and believing in Jesus. Um, we had this team that went on the mission field to the Dominican Republic, just returned on Friday. And in a couple weeks from now, many of these same students, plus a lot more, almost over 100 more students, are going to go to Gloria, New Mexico, where there's going to have leaders and people pouring into their lives, teaching them the love of God, affirming in them how much Christ loves them. What an amazing thing to just think about. And so I wanted to spend this morning, again, I had this message written, but as we began to just sort of think through celebrating and giving God glory for all that he has done and is doing and asking him to do more and asking him to go ahead of us in all the things that are happening this summer, it just felt right in this last service. We just paused and just allowed the Lord to just magnify himself through stories that were told about what's happening. And so... I want to start um, by handing it over to Caleb Mucklow, our student minister, um, and he's going to come and tell you a little bit about uh, the Dominican Republic trip, and I think two of our students, uh, Stella and Mikey, are also going to come up and uh, talk with you and just share uh, uh, their own testimony of how God was at work um, in the last week uh, through this uh, trip to the Dominican Republic. So you guys come on up. Church, my heart is filled with so much uh, pride for these students and so much gratitude for how the Lord moved in the DR this last week. And I want to say thank you first to the leaders that came with me and thank you to the 25 Project, the organization that we partnered with to make it all possible. So thank you. I got Kent over here who came with us and Amy's not in the room, but she went and so did my wife, Macy. And Ryan Rose, if he's in here, I think he's serving in kids. Just couldn't get enough of them. <laughs> but church, um, and one of the ways, there's two things I want to talk about this trip. Uh, one, how this trip impacted me personally. Um, my wife, Macy, actually works for the 25 Project. She's the director of sponsorship over there. And um, Macy and I sponsor two little kids, uh, Raquel and uh, Jiri. We've been calling him Yuri, but I learned in, in Mexico, or in the DR, the Y is pronounced as a J, so it's Jiri. And I learned this because I called him Yuri all week long, and then he finally told me, it's not Yuri, it's Jiri. And so, um, but these two, this boy and girl that Macy and I have been uh, sponsoring and praying over, and these $36 a month that we pay for these kids, um, pays for them to go to school, and it pays for them to have food for their families and for them to have clothes, and we get to write them letters throughout the year, and we get to send care packages, and all this prayer, and we have their pictures on our fridge, and 
for the last 10 months, we've been praying for these kids, not even knowing who they were, not even seeing them. I got to be with them for an entire week, and I got to have Raquel on my shoulders and run around camp with her, and I got to push Jerry on a swing, and I, but above both of those things, I got to tell them about Jesus. Like, these kids thousands of miles away who don't even know who I am, I got to tell them about Jesus, and more than that, I got to watch my students tell them about Jesus. And so, church, I would encourage you, like, if, if you don't know about the 25 Project or you're not sponsoring a child, like, I'd highly encourage you to look into it. Um, it's, it was one of the most life-changing moments of my life. It was, it was one of the high, highlights of my entire year this year um, was getting to actually be with them and see um, my students sharing the gospel with them. And that's the second thing, church. Um, these students fearlessly shared the gospel, and it wasn't easy um, by any means, and I want to tell one short story about how the depth of these small groups. We're small group driven in everything we do here at City Church, especially in our student ministry. Everything we do is small groups. We believe that's where discipleship happens, and so why would else? Well, of course, we're going to do that when we go on the mission field too, and they're with these kids from ages 6 to 13, and just I just want you to know the depth of these small groups. One time, Kaylee is leading a small group, and she comes sprinting over to me. I'm kind of bouncing around to these different small groups. And she goes, Caleb, I really need your help. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? And she goes, they're asking these questions, and I have no idea what the answer is. And I'm like, these are eight-year-olds. What kind of questions could we possibly be having? And so I go over with Kaylee, and um, one of, the, one of these, this little eighth-grade girl, eight-year-old girl asks, and I was like, I was amazed. She asks, well, if God didn't want Adam and Eve to sin in the garden, why did he put the tree there to begin with? <laughs> an eight-year-old, I'm not kidding, like an eight-year-old said this question. And I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. But church, I, I tell you that to you that these small groups were not these shallow groups of just the kids talking and the students listening the whole time. It was dialogue with these kids and using a translator to talk through to these kids and the kids back to the translator. And it was it was amazing watching them boldly proclaim the gospel and sharing with them that they are saved through Jesus and what he has done and by nothing else. And it really was a one. So enough from me. I want you to hear from Stella and Mikey and about how this trip changed their life too. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, like Caleb said, my name is Stella Rose. I'm going into my senior year. And this week in the DR was the best mission trip I've ever been on. And I've been in church my whole life, so I've gone on lots of mission trips, but this by far um, was the one that had the biggest impact on me. Um, we got to not only feed and have fun with kids that were living in, like, absolute poverty, but we got to share our testimonies and share the gospel. I think we can all say that we made eternal connections with some of these kids, and that's what made leaving so difficult. Um, the conversations that we had with them were just like, it was, it was something else. It was an amazing experience. And actually, one of the days, one of my favorite memories was seeing a little girl and just like from the day before, and she just immediately like sprinted into my arms and like had the biggest smile. And she was just so excited to um, hear about Jesus. And it was like, it was just one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. Um, this trip was just such a faith building experience that brought me closer to the Lord and closer to the other students that I probably would not have gotten as close to otherwise. So um, that's something that I'm definitely thanking the Lord for. Um, one of the biggest takeaways was that we are all full of pride and that we cannot love God and others to our best ability without selflessness. 
Um, and a way that this was really revealed to us this week was we all know that Caleb loves a good punishment. <laughs> and one of the days we left our apartment very, very messy. And so Caleb was not having that. And we definitely, and we started writing a verse, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, over and over again for two hours. And then about halfway through, the power goes out. So no AC, and we're in the dark, and Caleb's got his flashlight on his phone out. And we're all just writing this verse over and over again. Um, And I have it memorized. In the first service, I kind of blinked for a second. So Caleb gave me the look, but I think I've got it this time. (laughs) Okay. Um, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, looking not to your own interests, but each of you the interests of others. Um, And that became kind of a theme verse for us this week. Um, But all jokes jokes aside, um, this verse was part of what made this trip so incredibly life-changing. So I just want to say that if you have the opportunity to go and share the gospel, whether it be like in our own community or overseas, like, go and um, don't think that you're not good enough and don't think that you've done that before because like those are all lies from the enemy but like it is our job to go and share and doing that this week definitely changed my life so yeah go and serve and watch God move for yourself that's what I have to say you got that verse down this time Hi, y'all. My name's Michael. I've been coming to this church for a little over a year now. Uh, I serve with kids and help out with parking whenever I'm not crippled. <laughs> um, I chose to go on this mission trip to share God's word with the children of the Dominican Republic. Uh, we stayed in apartments uh, near a city called Santo Domingo. And one of the days we were there, we got up, had breakfast, and went out to the camp, which was about a 30-minute drive from the apartments. Um, After singing what felt like about a million songs, we split into our small groups, and my small group went underneath a big mango tree as Ryan and Rose and I uh, taught the lesson. And one of the main focuses on our trip was to make an understanding that, um, sorry. (laughs) One of the main focuses on our trip was to share the truth of salvation, what it meant and how they could receive it. The kids on my group already had some understanding of the gospel, so they weren't new to it. And during our group time, I asked the kids what they thought salvation was and how it could be theirs. Saul, one of the kids there, said, if I do something wrong, I should make it right. And another child said, going to church means I'm saved or a Christian. And Hasiel, um, the only girl in the group, she was 13, said, if I wear the right thing, I'm good. But if I don't, it could prevent me from going into heaven. And my first response was like a flat out no. I was like, no, that's not right. Because in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And Romans 10.9-10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this doesn't mean making up for your wrongs and going to church, and wearing modest clothing will get you into the gates of heaven. So we explained that to them and did our best to help them understand that it's not by your works that you receive salvation. And our translator, Paul, he asked me, do you see how they're really thinking about this? And as I was looking around, I could see each individual kid in our group 
really concentrating on what we said. And I think that's because they'd been told for so long that it's through their works that they get salvation and that they earn a place in heaven. But that's not right. So they had been told that for so long, and then all of a sudden we're telling them, no, all you have to do is believe. And this part of the trip really sparked a passion for me to um, want to know more scripture and have more of that knowledge. That way I can be prepared to share with anyone the, the true truth and God's truth of salvation and how you can earn a place in heaven. Um, I really like that song that we listened to at the very beginning of church. Uh, Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. And that really hit me. Just that verse alone made me think of how each person, I believe on this mission trip, gave their heart to the kids and God. And all we were doing was speaking the truth. And I really hope that y'all take this and in our church and in your homes and our schools that you take whatever you said to the kids, you also take that to heart and you speak the truth wherever you go. So thank you, City Church, for sending me on this trip. And thank you for letting me be able to speak the truth of salvation. So you can, you can see um, why we're not going to have time for Hebrews. Um, but that's okay. What a gift it is to hear from these students who have been equipped and discipled um, and poured into so that they could go and pour into. And that's why that scripture is so true. Who's Apollos? Who's Paul? Who's Ryan? Who's Caleb? Nobody gives a rip. Especially the second, no. (laughs) He knows how much I love him. No, none of those people matter. It's not about us. It's about the Father. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. We will receive what is ours according to the Lord. But we, this is all of us, are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. He's building us up, not so we can achieve fame or our names can be remembered, but so that the gospel can be known and for his kingdom to be built and to be multiplied and grow. And what an amazing thing that we get to be a part of that. Um, These students I mentioned, many of them are about to go to camp here in just a couple weeks. And um, I put Caleb on the spot last hour, um, and he's going to do it faster this hour. But I just want him to share with you three things that you can be praying for in a couple weeks um, as these kids go off to camp. Because we need to continue to rally around this. What you see in these students, I know many of their stories because they went to camp years ago, last year. They were part of Kids Summer Bash four years ago. They have heard the gospel, believed the gospel, and then been mobilized to go and take the gospel because of much of the work that you have done and that we have been a part of. And so we want to see that continue. So, Caleb, if you wouldn't mind, just share a couple uh, or few things that we're praying for. Church, I'd be a fool to not start off by saying thank you. Um, For this mission trip that we just went on, I asked one time and one welcome and I leveraged it to ask that you guys would help um, give some money to send some kids on this mission trip. And 
with that one ask, the church generously gave over $6,000 to send these kids to camp. And in the Lord's providence with how hard these kids worked, and I know some of them worked weekend after weekend after weekend to raise money so they could afford this trip, and the total leftover amount, um, we had $200 to spare. I mean, like, that's how close we were to the exact amount that was needed for this mission trip. So thank you so much for your generosity and giving so that that mission trip could be possible and so that these kids could go. Um, the second thing I want to say thank you for is that during our partner dinner, we had a partner meeting a, a month or two ago, and uh, where Ryan asked uh, for $9,000 so that we could get charter buses so that we could go to camp so that we didn't have to take a small army of 15 passenger vans to transport the 124 people that are going to be going to camp this summer. And we got it in the span of five days. And so, yeah. And so I want to say thank you, church. Um, a lot of times student ministry is kind of tossed on the side and it's like the awkward stepchild and it's not really treated like the rest of the church. And that's not the case here at all at City Church. Um, the student ministry is valued so much and it's such an integral part of what we do here. And that is rare. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for taking student ministry seriously. Thank you for sacrificially giving to make it possible. And to all the leaders that I even see in this own room who give up all their Wednesday nights and who give up their vacation days to come to camp and to come on the mission trips, thank you so much. Um, these kids' lives are changed forever because of what you've done and the part you have played. And they might never know your name, but they don't need to. Because it's God who gives the growth. Sorry, I'm taking up more time than I did last time, probably. Uh, I'll get going. Here we go. Three things to pray for for, for student camp this week. Uh, number one is salvation. I know for a fact that there are kids coming on this trip who do not know the gospel. And so above all, we are praying that they would hear the gospel, that God would call them to himself, and that they would respond to that call, and that they would receive life. And so please be praying that these kids would believe in the gospel. The second thing is that an aspect of not believing this gospel is that a lot of these kids deal with shame. Shame is very real. It's not just in kids. It's in us too as adults. But I, I learned this because I was talking to these kids that were going on this mission trip. Um, that there, there's even, that kids are shamed for being Christians in Texas. Like that, that blows my mind. But even here at Melissa High School, kids are, are shamed for being a Christian and for talking about Jesus. And they're shamed for even going on a mission trip. That that's something only radical, really radical, ultra, ultra Christians should do, which is such a lie. What a bogus, what a bogus thing to believe. That we're all on mission. But, but pray that this shame that they experience would be broken. That, that they would experience what life is like, freedom in the spirit, that we are not under shame. That we've not been condemned. And so pray for salvation and pray for shame. And the third thing I'd ask you to pray for is pray for unity. Um, we do small groups and we split up middle school and high school on a Wednesday night. And so a lot of them don't know the other half. A lot of the middle schoolers don't know the high schoolers that are in their same student ministry. And a lot of the high schoolers don't know the middle schoolers that are in their own ministry. And I've always said that my job here as a student minister is not to minister to students, but to minister through students. I want to reach students to help them reach other students. To help students to equip the saints so that they can do the ministry themselves. And my prayer is that we would experience that at camp this year, that these high schoolers would disciple and mentor and raise up these middle school students that are going on this trip, that they would um, 
grow closer together as one unified student ministry is not, and not as two separate groups. And so if you would please join me in praying for those three things these next two weeks before we leave for camp, um, it'll make a huge difference. I know you showered our whole mission trip in prayer because I, I saw the difference that it made. And so church, I pray that you would just join us and please pray uh, for these students and for our leaders as we go to summer camp. Thank you. teach you the lesson to give the student minister the mic, just an open-ended <laughs> invitation. <laughs> Teasing. No, but what an amazing thing it is to see all that God is doing. And, and I, I hope as we reflect on this and we think about, um, as I said, looking at that text and thinking about all that God has done, um, I remember very clearly a day when Laurel and I were praying and asking God to move. And now to see Literally hundreds of people, hundreds of people at work, engaged in ministry, proclaiming the gospel, teaming together as a family. So kids and students and the community and so many people would hear and know that Jesus loves them. And I do want to say, especially I know guests, you came here, I would expect, expecting to hear us exposit scripture and you were right to have that expectation. So I apologize for not getting all the way into that this morning. But here's what I do want you to know. You are loved. The God who is building his kingdom, one child, one student at a time, loves you unconditionally. And I hope you know that. I hope you know that deeply in your heart. And if you doubt that this morning, then that's the only thing you needed to hear. And so the Lord didn't want you to be confused with much other things. He just wanted you to be able to clearly hear this morning how unconditionally you are loved. Unconditionally means that there is no condition, as that Mikey alluded to, that could make you unlovable by God. Because his love is not contingent upon what you have done. His love is contingent upon himself, which he is love, and his son, Jesus, who laid down his life for you. And so, yes, we put our faith and our hope in that Jesus here. And we proclaim him because there's no other hope for the world other than that Jesus. And we want you to know him. And so that's why we do all the things that we're doing. That's why we decorate a stage to look a little silly so that kids will feel comfortable and welcomed and we can do skits and do all the things so they can hear about Jesus. That's why we invite 32 college kids to come and spend a week here. And it's why those 32 college kids literally pour their lives out through sweat and a little bit of blood so that kids could know how much they are loved by Jesus. It's why we meet together on Sunday mornings. It's why we call each other together into discipleship groups called fight clubs. It's why we do all that we do so that we could be reminded over and over and over again so that God could build his building, his kingdom here. Um, and so I'm just reflecting this morning. As we think about all this stuff that's been happening this summer and the weeks ahead, all that will happen, how exciting it is um, that God has chosen to move here and to be in our midst and to use us, and we should give him glory. It's right that we praise him this morning. The last thing I want to share with you as we think about just what God is doing in building his kingdom and want to invite you to be a part of this is, uh, again, for some of you, you might already know this, some you might not know, but as I've alluded to a few times, this church was planted uh, a little over eight years ago. In March of 2014, we gathered for the first time in the middle school gym in Melissa and uh, have been going ever since. 
And we as a church plant um, f- have, have a great passion um, to continue to see churches planted. And so we're a part of a church planting network called Acts 29. Um, and so we uh, are a part of 700 churches all over the globe. It's now over 700. I shared a couple months ago when we were talking about church planting uh, that even in 2021, over 20 churches were planted around the globe through our church planting network. Um, in 2020, there were more than that even. And so in the midst of pandemic and all of the craziness of this world, God is building his kingdom, and he's doing that through church plants. And so we have been a part of that, and through uh, your giving and all the ways that we give, that's one of the things that our finances, that we steward our resources to go towards, is to see the kingdom built in these other communities. And when we started this church, one of the things you would have heard, if you would have been around in those days, is a lot of people asked, uh, you know, is this what are we, what are we going to do next? I mean, it's like you, you, you start something. It's kind of like Christmas morning. You open gifts, and then the kids immediately want to know what's next. Um, and, and that was supposed to be funny, by the way. But, um, uh, but, you know, when we plant churches and do that work, sometimes we get going, and it's, okay, what's next? And one of the early questions was, well, what's going to be the next thing for this church? Where, where are you going next? And we talked about, even in the early days, that as we saw populations uh, of people coming from different geographies, uh, we hoped to plant other churches. And so as we saw people coming from other communities outside of Melissa and other places that we wanted to help, you know, raise up leaders and develop them and mobilize them to go and plant other churches. And so a couple months ago, I announced, uh, and some of, many of you I expect were here, that we had sort of set a stake in the ground. And so we understand and feel called, compelled to plant a church beginning in the fall of 2023, just a little over a year from now. A lot of that was rooted in the reality that the second greatest population group outside of residents here in Melissa was coming to this church. Many of you are a part of this, fall into this category, from Anna and Van Alstine and even further parts north all the way up to, I mean, it seems like I hear from people sometimes in Oklahoma now that are gathering with us, which we praise God for you. And, you know, I understand wanting to be in Texas. But anyway... um, (laughs) So those things happen, and so we're seeing this population center grow and multiply and continue to grow, which is awesome, and that means that you're making disciples in your communities where you live, and so we said, hey, we're going to plant a church, and we don't have the exact location, we don't have a pen to put on a map yet, but we do see this population center from the north, Anna and Van Alstine in north, that really is growing, and so that is where we are striving, we believe we're going to send a group out to plant in that community. And so to replicate, and we pray and believe and trust that what God has done here, he would replicate in this new community. Again, like Christmas morning, as soon as we shared that, many of you began to ask, well, who's supposed to do that? Uh, are we drawing, you know, casting lots and assigning people and sort of sending you off? Um, that's not, not how it, it, it works. But the first step was, is that we would ask the Lord to um, sort of help us to understand, to call leaders, to shepherd this. And um, I am really excited to be able to announce and share with you this morning that uh, two of our current elders have taken a huge leap of faith, they and their families, to say that they will go to be a part of leading this church plant. And so um, if you, many of you know them already because they have been serving as elders in this church. They've been a part of this church family from the, nearly the very beginning and are saying, we will go. And so Kent and Tammy Davis and Pat and Shelley Knight, they are going to be leading this church planting effort to the north of us. And so, yeah, praise God. They're supposed to come forward and, and, and so you can meet them. We, we, and I, want, I just want you, if you don't know Kent and Tammy, um, I just want you to see their faces, be able to, to know who they are. 
Um, but this is an exciting thing, guys. This is something that doesn't happen. If you're not a part, uh, if you've never been a part of a church planning effort, um, I just want you to know that to be able to see um, elders within a church raised up, mobilized, and then those people to take a huge leap of faith to say, we will leave the comforts of home to go out and to be sent to mobilize, to take the kingdom and continue building it in a new place is an amazing thing. I get to the opportunity and the blessing of spending time with a lot of guys in ministry, talking with a lot of church planners. That's one of the things that I do in my role here. And um, we are unbelievably blessed by these two families and um, Kent and Pat especially. We're so thankful for them. And so um, just know that over the year ahead, and we got some time, so um, this isn't goodbye. Uh, the, and so you don't have to be sad yet. But it will be a sad day. It will be a sad day that is mixed with rejoicing as we say, send them out to go and launch. But they are going to begin working, and we, you will begin to hear a lot more from them and through them as we continue to make plans and ask the Lord to go ahead of us in seeing this work begin. And so as I started, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up so we can just spend some time in prayer. Um, we want to pray and give God thanks and to give him the glory that he is due for all that he is doing in our midst. Um, from what he is going to do this week at Kids Summer Bash, to what he'll do at student camp, to what he has done on these mission trips, to how he will use these and many of you who will join them. By the way, if you're thinking to yourself, wow, that would be interesting, then you've already been called. You don't have to ask whether you should go. Um, you, you just trust that's the spirit kind of speaking into your heart right now. Um, but whatever it is that God is doing, he's building his kingdom here, and he's using us, and this is an exciting time. Um, I, I, don't, I don't sense the level of excitement that I would expect right now from you. All right, so I'm going to need a little bit more energy. I'm going to need some vibes here, just feeling of joy. Yeah. I'm going to let them off the hook, and they can sit here. They'll be up here at the end of the service. But would you just all bow your heads and, and pray? Ken never does it. Where, you know, I was like, right here. Yeah. Nope, you're going back there. Would you just, I wanted to be able to pray over them, all right? And so uh, can, we, you just, can we come together and just spend some time in prayer? Let's pray for Kids Summer Bash. Let's pray for student camp in a couple weeks. Let's pray, give God glory for what he has done. Let's pray for our church plant, even now, sort of the beginnings of this new work. Um, pray and ask the Lord what our part is to be in this. Um, I don't know what it is that God might be calling you to. Um, and last, pray that if you have any doubts um, this morning of God's unconditional love for you, I hope you'll know that it's real. So join with us. Let's pray. Let's just spend some time. I'm going to just call some things out for us to be able to pray over together. God, we thank you for what you are planning to do even now through Kids Summer Bash. We pray for Jessica and Shelly and their team and all the volunteers who will be here. We ask that you would go ahead of us. Help us. Do a mighty work in the hearts of these hundreds of kids that will show up here tomorrow evening.
Father, we thank you for what you have done through these students, those that are here in the room today, and those that were with us earlier in the earlier service. And pray that you'd continue that work in their hearts and in the hearts of so many who will join them at camp here in a couple weeks. God, would you hear the prayers that were lifted to you, that you would build unity in our student ministry, that you would tear down walls of shame that have been built up around young people's hearts. Let them experience your love. And for those who are far from you, God, would you lead them to yourself? Would salvation take place in Glorietta? Father, we thank you for what you have done in Kent and Pat's life and in their families' lives. And we thank you so much for the testimony of their faith, their willingness to go. So even now, God, as we are, as you know, just trying to figure out what your plans are for us and for them and trying to discern next steps. Would you give us wisdom, God? Would you bless their families with peace, with hope, with excitement? We lift this church planting, planting effort up to you, Lord, and just ask for your help. give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you have done in and through us. We thank you for your faithfulness to this church family. We don't presume on that, Lord, but we just ask you for more of yourself. We ask you to help us to continue to believe May you continue to build your church one soul at a time. Perhaps even here this morning with someone who doubted your love for them, would they see all the things that you're doing in these strangers' lives and use that to overwhelm them with confidence in your love for them, Lord. You can do whatever you want to do. And so we ask for you to glorify yourself in our hearts and in the hearts of every, every soul in this room. Let us be forgotten so that King Jesus is remembered and worshiped forever. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to the preaching of God's Word at City Church Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 2300 Vineyard Hill Lane, and we hope to see you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.